This episode is brought to you by my new sponsor, Redcon One. Redcon One is a supplement company I was just introduced to not too long ago. Now, I'm not real big on like promoting a ton of supplements. I've had a couple in my day. I've, I've been a connoisseur of them for my entire career. But I tell you what, this company is doing something completely different. I tried out their MRE, which is their meal replacement. And their meal replacements are made out of real whole food. I'm talking about the protein is made from like animal protein. Um, I, I tried out the man, the, the, the sweet potato pie one. And I thought I was drinking a dessert. It's made with steel cut oats. It's got real protein in it, real from animals. It digests really, really well. Something I look forward to. So I tried it out and I'm like, man, I really liked it. And then I went to their pre-workout uh, Total War. And man, I, I've never felt so energized before a workout. And I told the company, I connected with the company and said, look, I don't even care if you guys give me any discounts or anything. I want to promote what you have because for all this time, supplements have been made out of milk protein, which is really not that great for you. Um, but the animal protein has always been really good for my body and I really love what they're doing. So if you want to get on their supplements, go to redcon1.com. Use my promo code. That'll be t 20 buck. G, that's T20 Buck G. Enter that and you'll get 10% off of your order. I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed. Try it out, get the MRE, get Total War, and anything else on that side, go for it. This episode is also brought to you by the Muay Thai University Instructor College. I am starting a movement next year and teaching teachers and leading leaders. This is also part of my nomadic venture to not be working inside of gyms. I am going to be going from gym to gym, teaching people how to be effective leaders in our community. The, the instructor college is a one-year commitment. You're going to get access to my new online library, which is I've been spending time on it. I'm super pumped about this. Online access year-round, new content, new material every month for you to teach. It also includes the instructor, um, the coaches clinics that we do all throughout the year, and we'll be doing one at least once a month in, in various different locations in the United States and hopefully branching out worldwide at the end of 2019. So look forward to that. If you want any more information, you want to be a better leader, an effective communicator, and just better at your art, go to buckgrant.com. Dot com and check me out. Fighting with Purpose with rising UFC star Andrea KGB Lee on this episode of The Fight Focus. What's up everybody, Buck Grant here. I met Andrea back in 2013 when she was still an amateur fighter. She had gone through my crew immersion or coach immersion course in Texas. And she was an amateur fighter at the time. She was also married, um, currently going through a tough time with that. But throughout all her trials and tribulations, she has risen from the amateur ranks, gone through Invicta, which is the largest female-only mixed martial arts organization in the world, uh, fought with Legacy. And now she is a rising UFC star in the 125-pound division, which is one of the most competitive divisions in the UFC. She's fighting in her second UFC fight in December in Milwaukee. On the show, we talked about when should a fighter go pro, why wrestling has positively influenced her fight career, 
being a mom in MMA and how her daughter helped her overcome one of her toughest moments in the cage. Her biggest personal hurdle after leaving her husband and coach and how she overcame it. Should fighters spar hard or not? How fighting has given her purpose, social media shenanigans, and much, much more. Without further ado, here is Andrea KGB Lee on this episode of The Fight Focus. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Fight Focus. I am here with Andrea KGB Lee, the one and only. UFC fighter, one of the newest people on the roster. Yeah. Yeah, fighting in the big show. Mm Mm-hmm. Very excited. Yeah. I'm happy. It's my second fight in the UFC, so. Yeah. I've been, um, just for a little bit of background, I've known Andrea since she was an amateur. She was fighting in the, I remember watching you fight in the WKA uh, kickboxing tournament in Richmond, Virginia, back in the day. I don't, yeah, I remember that. I definitely do. Yeah. Uh, I was fighting uh, Chrissy Titan Gwinko. I can't pronounce her name very well. You did way better than I did. <laughs> I would have. I would have stopped at Chris, I would have stopped at her first name. That was that was that was pretty bold. <laughs> I'm not sure how to how to pronounce her last name. Yeah, she was one of one of my opponents. Mm-hmm. I definitely remember that one. I remember it being a shock to a lot of people because Christine was like the name, you know, and everybody was. Mm-hmm really hyped about it but i already knew who you were so i remember i was refereeing in the ring over on the side there's like uh-huh. three or four rings going up and i kept on telling people i was like don't blink like you guys got it <laughs> you guys got it all wrong like christine's good but andrea's on a different level and everybody looked at me i was like damn i wish i would have bet money i wish i would have bet money on that fight because <laughs> you, you were- had them, they would have probably gave it they would have gave that decision to christy even though i clearly won the fight so. yeah yeah, that probably wouldn't have been a very professional, professional move. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you started, I mean, so your martial arts career is is quite an extensive story because you started with the striking arts, right? Well, you, you were more of a Yeah, striker. I started with Donnie. Okay. Boxing. Uh, nine years ago, so we started. Um, my initial plan was to be an MMA fighter. But he wanted to ease me into uh, MMA fighting, and he started me with boxing. So we started out boxing, and I had uh, some matches and did golden gloves and then women's national golden gloves. And then from there, we started – we had MMA fights and kickboxing and Muay Thai and just kept on adding on. Yeah. Did you find it – were you training kickboxing while you were doing boxing? I was, yes. I mean, Donnie was working with me on my kicks and everything. Um. I wanted. I wasn't a good kicker then, though. I really wasn't. I mean, um, there was a there was a point in time when Donnie went away for vacation. Mm-hmm. Vacation. Vacation. <laughs> Let's call it that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, vacation uh, with bars. Um, yeah. But he he uh, he left me, you know, with people to tr- to work with and to train with, and um, you know, he called every day to make sure I was doing all my making sure I was eating right and doing everything that I was supposed to be doing. But I was, I was training over at um, Elite Combat Academy at the time, and I remember 
Brent Mason telling me, he was like, just use your hands. Don't kick. You're not a quick. You're not a kicker, Andrea. You'll never be a kicker. And I'm like, we're practicing. I'm supposed to be practicing these things, you know, in training in order to be a good kicker and, and to be good at all these things, sure. you know. So I was like, if I don't do it, if I have that mentality, then I never will be. Right. And it's just funny because, you know, everybody started seeing me as I was first a boxer and then everybody started seeing me as a kickboxer. And then people started thinking of me as like a jujitsu specialist because then they're like, oh, she's, they don't, you know, because I've been taking a lot of fights to the ground and stuff. Yeah. Um, I, so then they forget that I'm a striker. So it's like, I'm very confusing to people. <laughs> they don't know what to expect from you. <laughs> they have no idea what to expect from you. No. Uh, well, it's, it's so funny when you get into that world of like performing and competition, it's like the growth aspect of it kind of gets put to the wayside for like, okay, what do we need to do to win fights? You know, like, you, like I, it's funny watching you fight now because like your last few fights have been a lot more grappling dominant, but, and they talk about you like being a big grappler. I'm like, man, she's has a very legit striking background that everyone's completely forgetting about, which could play yeah. in your favor actually. Yeah. Everybody does forget it. I mean, everybody forgets about it. I've had, especially there's a lot of fans that are just UFC fans. So I had people reach out to me and was telling me, you know, that I needed to work on my boxing because I didn't, I didn't use a whole lot of it in my last fight. That's funny. That <laughs> is like, so you funny. You need to hire a new boxing coach. And I'm like, I actually, I actually started boxing, outboxing, you know, it's just, I just, in that fight with Veronica Macedo, I did initially want to strike with her, but then when I clinched up with her, I felt how much stronger I was in the clinch and mm. I was just knees all day you know I'm like yeah. I just felt so dominant there you know so I wasn't I wasn't worried about being in the clinch with her or being on the ground with her really you know and and striking is her thing so I mean it's not that it's not my thing but I mean if I could take her out of her element then I might as well for sure know? yeah I mean that's just smart that's smart fighting that you know you take the fight where your opponent is weak right but I think yeah, I, I would agree with you. I would agree with that. I, I thought it was a very smart strategy. Like, clearly, if she wasn't much of a match for you in that, that, that middle range. And, I mean, clearly, the striking range would have been, you know, it, like, the, the striking range would have been entertaining for people. But I think people forget about the tactics and strategy of a real fight. It's like the whole goal of a fighter is to get in there and make as much money as possible and take as little damage as possible. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and I love to make fighting, fights exciting. I really do. And I mean, I don't I ended up getting fight of the night bonus and I really like in my opinion I was I didn't think that I would get it because I didn't I wasn't in my opinion I didn't think it was as exciting as I thought it as a lot of my other fights have been. You know what I mean? Mm. So um, when I got fight of the night bonus I was really surprised cuz I was like, I'm not going to get it, but you know, well, Happy I got the win. <laughs> yeah, for real. I mean, you you put out a really hellacious output in that fight. I think that's really one of the things that, for me, when I watch you fight, it seems to be something that categorizes you. Like, you just don't seem to have an off button. You, you know, it, it's, it, it, I train like that. I mean, I train. I constantly, you know, like you, Tim Crater, you know, he's he's seeing that, you know, and he's having to, you know, get me to kind of like 
chill out just a little bit, you know, because, like, I mean, I just, I just, I have, like, I'm just, like, always on the gas pedal, you know, and I'm coming forward, and it's just how I've always trained, you know, it's how I've been training since the beginning, you know, constantly, like, coming forward and just being aggressive and, like, throwing power and trying to knock somebody out, um, it's just how I've always trained, so that's what I do in a fight, and then I also think that because of all of the, the two-minute tournaments that I've had, the Muay Thai, the boxing, like you, you have to get in there and start fast. You can't fill anybody out. You have to get in there and stay on the gas and you have to get in as, as you have to get in as much damage, as many, as many hits as possible, you know, for, for, to win around. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that that's kind of the mentality that I'm just stuck in, you know, cause I don't, I don't start slow. I start fast in all of my fights and that's sure. probably why. Yeah. All of, the, all of the tournaments that I've had. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, how many fights have you had in, in before before MMA? I mean, you with boxing and kickboxing, you had quite a few. Mm, yes, I did. I had with with all of it combined as an amateur. Uh, I was I was like, I don't know. I was in forty and five or forty five and five. So I mean, like, I had a lot of that, and that includes like because I had like uh, I had no losses in Muay Thai kickboxing. I was undefeated there. I had like one or two losses in boxing and I had three losses in MMA. Okay. So, so yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then I had like, you know, <clears throat> I competed a lot in amateur on the amateur circuit and I, and I, I recommend that to all fighters. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I would like to get your input on that because it seems to be, it used to be that when the MMA came around, like when the first UFC came around, and then the Ultimate Fighter show came out. Like a person could be like six and zero, seven and zero, and they'd be like, "Oh, well, this guy's a, a you know seasoned enough to fight in the UFC." And now you're seeing fighters with like double digit records coming in. Yeah. Um, and with you, you for example, extensive amateur background before even like getting paid to do a do a fight, and then, which yeah. must be something relatively new for female mixed martial arts, I would imagine. Which part? Just the, um, the, the level of experience that's coming into female mixed martial arts. Like you got someone like yourself in double digits before you even stepped into the cage. And Johanna, oh, yes. Johanna for example, had, you know, countless kickboxing fights before she stepped yeah. in there. Yeah. It's, a, it's pretty interesting. But I think that that's like, it's, it's, it's dying because there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that are just, everybody wants to be a pro. So now everybody's having a couple of fights and then now they're turning pro because they think that they've, they've won four fights in a row and they think they're ready to make some money at it and step on the professional stage. You know what I mean? I, I feel like, you know, you should take a couple of years to, I don't know, just kind of like season yourself, get, 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 um, get the experience that you need before jumping into the cage. Mm. You know, I mean, jumping into, a professional fight. Right. For young fighters coming up. You know what I'm saying? Amateurs. Yeah. yeah. It seems Cause a- there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that are having a couple of fights and then I guess they're getting managers and the managers are talking them into turning pro, taking this pro fight. And then when you do that, you know, you don't have enough experience, I think. Yeah. I don't know. And you can't go back. You can't go back. No, you can't go back. That was my thing. Like, I had 14 fights in one year as an amateur, and that was the last year that I was an amateur because I knew I was going to be turning pro. And uh, I had an opportunity to fight Paige Van Zandt as she was, she was, this is before she was in the UFC, obviously. I think it's when she was, 
started fighting for Invicta. But um, I had an opportunity to fight her. She had just turned pro. And I turned it down because, and I know she had already had a name for herself, but I turned it down because I still wanted to do the, um, I wanted to do the WKA that year, and I wanted to do the IKF and the, um, the, I, the, um, the one in Iowa. TBA. TBA, yes, yeah. the TBA. Yeah. You know, and I wanted to, I wanted to uh, go and win all of those, and and that was that was my thing. You know, I felt like that was the last thing that I had to accomplish before turning pro. So I did that. Yeah, and I did win every single one of them. Every single one, <laughs> every single one. You went on a tear, girl. Yeah, <laughs> you went on an absolute tear. Um, well, what, what do you? How do you equate your? I guess when people look at you as doing a being a different stylist now, they they're looking at you as more of a a grappler wrestler. Um, mm-hmm. where do you equate that coming from? Are you doing more of that in your training or? Yes, I am. I do a lot of, uh, wrestling, uh, it seems. I mean, I do a lot of grappling. I do a lot of jujitsu, a lot of wrestling, but most, mostly wrestling. I've been, um, I have been working with a lot of the high schoolers, um, at North DeSoto high school with Dustin Burton. I go up there sometimes, you know, and I'll get some work in mm. and, uh, join their classes. And it's just straight traditional wrestling, you know, cause, and that, that's, I, I feel like that's really been helping me out a lot. And traditional wrestling, if you know how to pick and choose what it is that you can use in an MMA scenario, which I'm, I'm pretty good at that, you know, and then just getting to those certain positions, you know, like learning how to control, uh, people like with their hips, you know, and leg riding and uh, trapping the arms and stuff like that. I, I, I don't know. I find it very useful and I love it. I think it works well with my style. Yeah, it's definitely transitioned over. You've, you've made a really good transition over from taking like the separate arts and starting to blend them into like the full fighting. Um, is that... Like, what else from the wrestling has been, like, a big influence for you? Like, I know that the, the element of control, is it, has it changed the other aspects of your game at all? Probably, yeah. I think you notice that I wrestle a lot more in a lot of my fights. It's not that I don't like striking, because I definitely, I love, to, I love to stand and strike. But I feel like, you know, I've just gotten to be comfortable, like, wrestling a lot. Um, <clears throat> it really, it, I guess it's, it's, it's. It's very aggressive, and I'm very aggressive. So, I mean, I think that's probably why I do so well, you know, with it. I'm not trying to say that I'm I'm a wrestler now, you know, and, and that I'm, like, oh, so great at wrestling. I'm trying to be great at wrestling, you know. But I think it's definitely helped my my MMA. It's really helped my game a lot. It's mm. made me better as a fighter, you know, more complete. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I fought you know, nowhere near to the, um, the amount of volume that you did or at any near the, that level. But I found that like being in the room with wrestlers on a day-to-day basis, that grind was just a, it gave you a different gear to shift nice. into. <laughs> nice. It's super nuts. Uh, I, yeah. And I was, I'll be going in with the high school wrestlers and go like, this is all these guys do every single day. And like walk out of a three hour session with those guys feeling smoked. Oh, three hours is insane. It's, ugh, yeah. No, no, it was just it was just really 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 challenging you're working with a different camp now you're working with the same people that uh, dustin work with dustin poirier works with right 
yes. Uh, Tim Crater down here at Gladiator Academy in uh, Lafayette. I've been coming here. I'm here Monday through Thursday, and then I go home on the weekends in Shreveport. Um, that doesn't mean that, you know, I'm not still, like, at heart, you know, Karate Mafia. Sure. I mean, Karate Mafia is my home, always will be. I just, um, with everything, you know, I just needed to get some structure, you know. I need, I need someone to light a fire under my ass and, you know, <laughs> make me train hard. So, um, it also keeps my mind, you know focused on the fight you know being away from home it's always good to get away from home sometimes you know sure. it's good to get away because then it's like you can just probably why a lot of fighters like sometimes leave to go and do fight camps because you can you just you're just in that fight zone you know you, you eat you sleep you train eat sleep train you know and that's it repeat it repeat it repeat it repeat eat, train it. eat train then sleep you know whatever shower between training sessions and that's just it yeah how is that with um do you have a daughter? Yes, I do. Yeah. How old is she now? She is seven, and that's why on the weekends, you know, I'll go home so I can be with her. Right now, she's with uh, uh, Donnie's mom and sister. That's She's with them throughout the week. Okay. And then whenever I'm able to be there on the weekend, I get to be with her. Yeah. How does she feel about the whole fight thing? She's been around it since she was born, so I think she's... I don't even know. If she, I mean, she thinks it's. She, she loves to tell her friends that her mommy is an MMA fighter. That is love. Every time I come to school, she tries to drag me to her class, and, <laughs> and she'll be like, "Mama, come here." I'm like, "No, Ainsley, because I know what she wants." She's like, "Come here. Tell my tell my friends that you're an MMA fighter." I'm like, "No, Ainsley." She's like, "Please," and then she'll get me close to the door, and she'll be like. My mom is an MMA fighter, aren't you, mommy? And I'm like, yes, Ainsley. And she's like, see? <laughs> <I'm just> famous. <laughs> she tells everybody. She's like, my mom is famous. She's an MMA fighter. That's awesome. <laughs> that is so cool. You know, like, I mean, 20, 20 years ago, for anybody who was fighting MMA, it, you know, to say that that's what your profession is. It'd be almost like you have to say it under your breath, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I have a job, job, and uh, I'll do MMA on the side. But I'm still, oh, I'm still kind of like that when people are like, yeah, so what do you do? And I'm like, uh, you know, it's, it's not that I'm not proud of it, I am. It's just like, it's just an odd thing to say. I'm a fighter. I get punched fighters. in the face for a living. <laughs> They're like, and that's your job? Like, do you have like another job? No, that's it. That's all I do. I just train and fight. Train and punch people in the face. Like, I know. It's an odd career choice. Yeah. Well, I, I think I, it shows me though. Was that it shows you? It shows me. I mean, I had I had no idea what I was going to do with my life, and this was not really a thought. Um, it was just something that I wanted to do as a hobby, kind of to stay in shape and you know compete because I had I had been in sports. You know, in school, I wasn't like a, a an all American athlete, or I mean, like an all star athlete, or whatever. You know, I mean, like I was, I just loved sports. I wasn't great at anything, mm. uh, so I wanted to continue doing something that was, you know, sports related, and um, that's why I got into fighting because you know, it was something that I could do for me. You know, it's not a team sport, sport, not really. I mean, you need a team to get you prepared, but it's not really a team sport, um, and. Um, I just, you know, I just 
luckily, you know, I met Donnie and then Donnie, instead of it just becoming a hobby, he was like, you can make this a career. We're going to, we're going to go to the Olympics, you know, cause we started boxing and stuff. So he was like, we're going to train for the Olympics. So we started, you know, thinking that I was going to be an Olympic boxer and then went from that idea to Ronda Rousey, just, you know, uh, beat down the door to the UFC, you know, for all the women. And then th- that, that gate flooded open. So I then turned our attention. We then turned our attention to hopefully getting into the UFC and then just focusing on MMA and getting prepared for that. And, uh, and it, then it just became the main focus. And, you know, I didn't, I, I guess I, I, well, I did get pregnant, but then after I had Ainsley, I went right back to training and right back to fighting. I didn't have a job. I trained full time, you know, Donnie, mm. his family, they all helped to make all that happen. And, you know, now I'm here today, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's an odd choice, but like I said, I think it chose me. I mean, I ended up being really good at it and, you know, I don't know. <laughs> no, done, yeah, you've done quite well for yourself. <laughs> you've done quite well for yourself. You're fighting at the freaking, you're like, you're fighting at the Olympic level of mixed martial arts. You're fighting at the biggest show on earth, which yeah, has got to so be pretty I exciting. I made it to the Olympics of boxing, but I made it to like the Olympics of MMA. Yeah, yeah. It was like the NFL of fighting sports. And you are in like the, what, one of the most competitive weight divisions <laughs> And we're, we're, yeah, yeah. It is. It definitely is. I mean, it, it's. You know, they knew it. They knew it. I don't know why they sat there and waited to open up the the, the division. You know. Yeah. It was a weird. It was a weird decision to wait so long, unless they were just trying to like get it, open it up at a point where it's about to explode, and then you know just keep people waiting for it, perhaps. Yeah. But, they like to keep people waiting. Yeah, well, it's part of the entertainment side of it, though, right? Like. If we give yeah. them all everything at one time, they won't have anything to look forward to. So yeah, but then I, the fighters are getting older. You know, it's, it is a short <laughs> uh, window for for fighters, especially females. Yeah, I wanted to ask you a question about that. Um, so the Ultimate Fighter did your weight class just recently. Yes, right, was it one twenty five? Well, the, yeah, they did last yeah. year. Was that last year? Mm-hmm. I always wondered. Like how, because there's been quite a few really, really good fighters, like like yourself, for example, who didn't go on the show. But to be perfectly honest with you, I think for some people like yourself, it actually works in your favor not to have had to go through that whole whole grind of like going away and sitting on the show and yeah. all the drama behind it. Um, did you have to? Did you try out for that show, or the, was that something that was even on the radar for you, or? I didn't try out for it. You know, we thought about it and then we decided that we weren't going to do it, that we would just um, wait for the UFC to come to us because I I knew it was going to happen, you know. Mm -hmm. So I honestly, I really didn't want to go away for like six months, Uh, not six months, six weeks. I didn't really want to go away for six weeks, leave Ainsley, miss her kindergarten graduation or anything like that. I mean, like I did think about it, you know, we talked about it and I was like, it's an opportunity to, you know, win the, the, be the first to win the, the belt. But at the same time, I would be forced into their contract, you know, Mm -hmm. like that, that contract. So really because I waited, I was able to get like a little bit better contract actually. And, um, 
and that's what we were we were hoping for was to hold out and maybe get a better contract than the ultimate fighter contract mm. well i think that's something people don't i don't actually know as much about but when the first ufc came out for UFC or tough one the the big contract was like a huge thing like oh man you guys are going to get this guaranteed contract to fight for the ufc and apparently that's n not one of the better contracts to get as a fighter no it's, it's really not it's really not maybe i don't i don't know what the uh so if you win and i don't know what the contract is if you win i really don't mm. but it doesn't like for all the other fighters like you get roped into I don't know. It's not that great of a contract. Mm. But, um... There's a sense of patience on your end, knowing that, you know, if we wait this thing out, they'll... And I do my job, they'll come to me, and I can do it a little bit more on my terms. Well, yeah. And, like I said, I mean, I knew that they were going to come to me eventually. I mean, I, I knew that it would be a matter of time. I figured it would be... Uh, I figured it would be after the show aired, you know, a couple months maybe after the show aired and um, they needed more flyweights. I didn't expect them to come to me like after my last fight. The show hadn't even aired yet or maybe it was airing or it was about to air. But then like, you know, Maynard came to me after my fight with uh, LFA. It was my last uh, title defense mm -hmm. uh, fight mm -hmm. with, um, with Jamie Thornton. Anyway, he offered me a fight against Jessica I, you know, that, and that happened. And I was hesitant for a second because I thought he was joking. And then like, we came back the next day and like accepted the fight, but then turned out I wasn't able to, to take the fight anyways, because of the whole USADA thing. I had to, had to sit that out. Mm. Even if I had wanted to try out for the ultimate fighter, I wouldn't have been able to go on the show. Come to find out. Because of USADA? Because of the USADA thing. Yeah. Did I say, is it the USADA? Yeah, it was the USADA. Yeah. Because I would have had to do the um the anti, what was that six-month thing where I had to uh, do the, I had to be in a six-month, like, testing pool. Right, right. Because I, I used a diuretic, a diuretic, you know, a fluid pill, makes you pee, whatever. So, yeah, I used that. that but, and that's what USADA busted you on, was it a, a water pill, essentially? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what I got suspended for. I used it, you know, one of my my fights for weight cutting and stuff. Mm. And I really only I only used like a small portion of it too. Mm. It was just a little tiny portion, but anyways, it didn't matter. So yeah, well, what, I, 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 you live and learn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of this stuff is a process. I mean, I know like. Uh, who was it? Chad, Chad Mendez got busted for some skin drug, you know, for stuff like in Propecia, you know, <laughs> like you saw to still, I think, trying to figure this whole thing out on what's good and what's not. I mean, people getting wow. freaking long term, you know, kicked out of the sport over smoking marijuana. seems That's so stupid. Ridiculous. It's so stupid. Like, like these are people's careers. This is how they, they make money and they live. And it's like you're suspending them for life, basically. We only have like a few years to freaking do this. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, I don't think that it's right to suspend people over some freaking marijuana. It's not, 
it's not like helping you in any kind of way. No, <laughs> maybe with anxiety, but they're not like they're smoking no, in your no, back room, you know. <laughs> like that way, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it makes you chill. It relaxes you and all that. But like, as far as like a, a an advantage, I don't see any way it's an advantage. No, I think I think there are other ways that go about fighting better than than weed. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. What's um? Not I don't smoke pot really, but I'm just I'm not against it. I'm definitely not against it, but yeah. then again, nobody's <laughs> drug testing me for anything. It's not a prerequisite <laughs> for my job. <laughs> it's what it's one of those things. Like I, I joke with people, I was like, look, I think I've bought it once in my entire life. Every other time, it's like a creature of opportunity. If a buddy's like, hey, you want some? I'm like, eh, yeah, I'm not. Not, I'm not doing anything for the next few hours. Sure, I'll, I'll do Might it. Might as well. Yeah, I can't imagine training on it though. Like I know people that roll, do jujitsu, and they're like high the whole time. Some people just need it to function. You know, they 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 feel like they they need it before they go and they train. You can't even tell. Sometimes you can't even tell that they're they're like high because I don't know. I I wouldn't be able to function because I would want to go to sleep. <laughs> yes, I would. Yes. Yes, between sleeping and eating. I never make weight and I never make it the practice. Uh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> Be fat and tired the whole time. Uh, what's like the big thing you're working on for yourself right now? What's like the like the thing you're really, really focused on? Is there anything for new? The hmm? For the spite or just in general? In general. In general. Of course, there's always stuff to work on fighting, but as a person... What are you working on? <laughs> I guess just my independence. You know, I'm just, I'm working on, um, you know, learning to handle everything myself, you okay. know, take, take care of everything myself. And, um, you know, just take the reins, I guess. I don't know. Mm, mm. <laughs> I mean, being a big girl. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you spent an entire career where you had somebody running all that stuff. And now, like, like you're the boss lady now. <laughs> yeah. So, it's like, now I got to, I have to, you know, I'm constantly, I'm checking my emails. I mean, I'm posting everything, you know, on my social media. I mean, I, 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 I still am kind of not really on Twitter that much. Twitter, I'm kind of scarred. <laughs> mm, I'll ugh. post every now and then on Twitter, but I really am not like, the biggest fan of it. But uh, you know, everything else. So, like, I'm posting, you know, I'm constant. I'm responding to all the UFC emails and um, scheduling my my training sessions and stuff. You know, making sure that I'm where I need to be and training and getting meet and greets and stuff like that and working on sponsors and just just doing it all you know i'm try, just trying to handle it all myself and you know i kind of like it yeah <laughs> yeah boss lady i mean there's this and I'm making sure I'm getting my food, my meals in yes she is currently eating if you guys didn't know before we logged on she was in the, the dilemma of a training fighter. It's like, I'm so tired, but I don't, I, I don't know whether I should eat or rest. I just wanted to rest, but. Mm. Duty calls. Thanks, good. Mm -hmm. Duty calls. Victory beef. It's delicious. 
I wasn't going to ask you about that. Your sponsor, we can put that on the on the podcast too. But you, so I, I see this a lot. Like you, you're sponsored by a meat company. Mm-hmm. Two. I got Iowa Bison. It's just straight bison. Okay. And uh, so lean, so good. And then of course Victory Beef, which is all you know. They're they're all organically fed. You know, they're not like fed like steroids or anything like that. They don't take any bad stuff. It's really healthy and it tastes. It's really good, and they send me all different types of steaks, you know, like um, ribeyes and sirloins and uh, fillets. They send sausage links, too, and they also send um, T-bones. And they sent me a tomahawk steak, and that was really good. A tomahawk steak? What the hell is that? Yeah, huge. Yeah? huge. It's bigger than my head. Good Lord. Yeah, it's delicious. Oh, man, you're making me so hungry right now. <laughs> so, so you so you this is kind of a new industry because people are like they mail this to you i'm assuming they, they did what they send you meat like they mail yeah. you meat okay mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. is it like frozen when it comes to you or like how does that work it's kind of frozen kind of frozen they send it on um they send it on um dry ice okay so, okay. so whenever it gets to me, I mean, like, it's not 100% like all frozen, but it's still very, very cold. Mm. So I can take it out and marinate it right away if I want to or just throw it into the freezer and, and freeze it. Yeah. Why do you, um, like, that? because this is a big trend, right? Like, people go, getting, like, the, the, the hormone-free meat, the grass-fed stuff, and, mm-hmm. you know, people are mailing it to your house, which, which almost seems weird for, like, the average person just listening like I could go to Harris Teeter and buy meat, right? Yeah. But I have no freaking idea what's in that thing. Right. Like it's, you know, that thing could have been a cow with two heads for all I know. What's the- yeah, I mean, you, it, it's <clears throat> with Victory, with Victory Beef, at least I know that it's like, it's clean. It's, it's, it's pure, you know, it's not, it doesn't have steroids and all the other antibiotics and stuff, whatever it is that they they use to, you know, fatten their, their cows and stuff up with, yeah. um, same thing with bison and, um, looking to get like a chicken sponsor, you know, cause I would like some organic chicken. That would be great. It does taste different. You know, it's night and day, I think anyway. Yeah. Um, so far I don't have a chicken sponsor. I'm just mm. So anybody who knows of a chicken <laughs> is sponsored and wants to sponsor a UFC fighter, Holla at the girl. Send her, just send her some chicken. She's, she's, not, she's not picky. Just chicken that didn't, you know, have radiation go into his bloodstream. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine. Like, I've, have you ever done the whole vegan vegetarian thing ever? No, I haven't. Mm. I could never be vegan. Yeah. I love meat. Yeah. I get you. My body feels so much better on it. Yeah. I tried to do vegan once. And nothing against my vegan fans. If you guys are vegan, right. if it feels good to you, do you. But I'm telling you what, I eat meat and I feel like a superhero. Like, I know. I don't know. Like, like I've been so tired and it's been hard for me to get up out of the bed since I got here. Now that I'm eating, you know, I feel, I'm already feeling a little energized. Yeah. From eating my victory beef. Victory beef. See, we're going to keep plugging this thing. Into <laughs> See, for all you chicken 
people out here. She's doing a really good job of promoting this beef. So if you want to get your chicken <laughs> on point, you need to put it in front of this lady right here. It'll be all over her Instagram hashtagged out and, and everything. Do you have to cut much weight for your 125 or? No, no, not really. I mean, I like 17 to 18 pounds, something like that. But okay. right now, I'm not even sure where I'm at. I feel like I've been eating constantly, like before and after every single workout. And I've been eating my my steak, my victory beef. I've been eating my bison. I've been eating um, potatoes and and lentils and beets. I had a I had a um, a lady who prepared my meals for me. So Ooh. I mean, I had it all ready to bring down here with me. So I've just been able to stick it in on the stove and like warm it up, whatever. So yeah. I, it's between chicken and the victory beef and the bison, and then of course some lentil beans and beets and potatoes. So, like, I've just been eating that since I've been here all week, and I've been getting a good amount of food in. I'm losing weight. I can't tell. Like, it's weird because whenever I got here, I felt so swollen and, like, full of sodium. And now it's like, now I'm on, like, a good steady diet in in just four days. Nice. So, I can't tell you, like, how much I weigh. I'm probably, like, 139 at the moment. 139. I've been eating a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just stoking that fire, you know? I mean, you're, you're putting in... You're putting in more training. I mean, clearly you're dealing with you're dealing with training stress, but you're also dealing with less other stresses. Yeah. You know, with your you know, and I've noticed this from my own personal self. Like, I was in a relationship, you know, that ended in January. Uh, her and I are still friends, but it was a horrible relationship for me. It was just was bad, and my body, I was carrying around so much stress that I wasn't aware of that mm-hmm. I became really aware of when it was no longer there. Right. I was healing quicker. I was sleeping better. Um, just people, do, I think people don't understand like how, especially fighters. I think a lot of fighters are, are, are capable of, maybe you can talk to this a little bit of compartmentalizing. You think like, Oh, my fight thing is separate than my personal thing is separate from my financial thing. But all of it's really related. Mm-hmm. It all, it all affects, you know, the other thing. Nothing really it's works not- in a vacuum vacuum. So it's um, something for people to pay attention to, you know, dealing with your stress. Yeah. I think that working out really helps a lot with that, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it distracts your mind. Well, at least while you're training. And then when you're done training, you know, your mind starts to wander again. But while you're training, it helps. Mm, yeah. Gives you a little bit of something to focus on. Outside yeah. of it, yeah. What um, you talked about time as far as like you know, fighters have a small window. Do you have an idea how much longer you'd like to fight, or how much longer you think you'll fight? I mean, if I can, I mean, till I'm thirty five, maybe. I was thinking thirty five. Really, I just want to win. I just have to win the UFC title before before I hang it up. But if I get to a point where, let's say, that if, if I'm getting older and it's not looking like it's going to happen, then, yeah, I've retired, like, 36 on my butt. I don't know. Mm. Depends on how well-preserved my body is by then, you know? I mean, I haven't taken a whole lot of damage yet. That's good. You know? I didn't start training until I was 20. 21, really. Yeah. So you don't have 20 years of just... You made up for lost time after 20, though. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. I put in a lot of. I put in a lot of work. A lot of fights. A lot of hard sparring in the gym. 
you know. Yeah. Good question. Are you still hard sparring a lot? Not really. No. I haven't I haven't banged it out yet. I've been sparring, but I haven't had any like hard sparring sessions just mm. yet. I know it's gonna happen. Sure. No gym before, wars yet. Probably happen. I'm going to Sacramento to train with Aspen Lad um Monday. And I'll be there till the twenty fourth. So Sadly, I will be missing Thanksgiving with my family, but, you know, if they're got to make a sacrifice and, you know, but I'm going to get some good training in. I'm sure that her and I are probably going to spar hard. We, you know, we always spar pretty hard yeah. whenever we together. So I think I'll probably get most of my hard sparring there. Nice. Nice. Well, what's your take on, on the hard sparring thing? Because, you know, like people like you, you train with Donald Cerrone before. Mm-hmm. And he's been really big about not hard sparring later in his career. What is your, what is your take on it? I I don't think that you should spar a hundred percent hard, like all the time, you know, it's good to get in there and bang it out every now and then, but I don't think every week you need to be sparring hard Mm. because it does make sense. You know, you need to, you need to preserve your body, you know, for those fights. And, you know, you don't, you don't want your, brain to take a whole lot of damage there's a lot of fighters like old school fighters that they went a hundred percent every time that they sparred you know it was like they weren't gonna let anybody up them you know mm-hmm. and, and those fighters that i know personally are like really punchy you know can't understand half of what they're saying i mean they took a lot of hard fights too but mm-hmm. it's like when you're getting knocked out in training then it's gonna be easier for you to get knocked out in your fights and then it's just a recurring thing because you know you've sparred so hard and you've taken too many too many like hits too much brain damage you know it's, I think that you should maybe spar lighter more technical stuff I think yeah I guess like the the balance of that but I started out sparring hard you started off that that way in boxing yeah yeah we were always, because Donnie's an old school fighter, you know, I mean, that's how he used to spar. And so whenever I was sparring and all had guys to spar with, Donnie would want me to turn it up. He always wanted me to knock them out. Oof. So it's like, I'm going hard and then they're going hard and I'm like trying to protect myself. I'm used to wearing headgear though, so that's good. There's a lot of fighters that don't wear headgears nowadays, but I like, I prefer to wear headgear whenever I spar. Mm. But yeah, in the beginning I did. We sparred hard all the time. It wasn't until like maybe in the last year and a half, two years that we've kind of like backed off on it. Really? Mm-hmm. That sounds that seems to be like the, the path of like really good fighters is that they start off with all those like hard gears, those hard yards mm-hmm. inside the ring getting banged up and then after you've because like at this point you already know you can fight right like you already know you can take a hit you already know you can fight so now it's like okay well i keep developing my skill but i would imagine early on just knowing that you can fight is probably a big deal it's probably why a lot of people and especially boxing boxing i I don't know of many boxing gyms that spar light right it's just not really i I mean i think that you know there there comes a time when you need to back off you know, I'm not saying that it's bad for you to spar hard, you know. Mm. I feel that's helped me as a fighter, really, because uh, I knew that I was taking harder punches in training than I was 
in my fight. So I felt confident going into my fight, you know, because yeah. I was far and hard with the guys all the time. Um, but it, it made me, it definitely made me a better fighter. And now I can focus on my technique because I know I can fight. It's there. But like you said, now, you know, you back off, you can focus on your technique and stuff. You already know you can fight. Yeah. Yeah, it's never I think really. You have to, like, maybe you gotta earn it. <laughs> That's what I was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, early on, you gotta like, you gotta prove it. <laughs> you gotta prove it and then earn it. Yeah. Yeah, and now it's like, all right, you proved it. Now let's make sure you can still say your name when you're forty. Right, you know, right. You remember your kids. <laughs> you know. <laughs> gotta, yeah, exactly. I don't want to get. Um, what's that? What's that disease that uh, Parkinson's? Here it's really bad with fighters, huh? Well, it 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 wrecked Muhammad Ali, you know, and I don't Muhammad know. Muhammad Ali and Freddie Roach. Yeah, and I don't know if they've made a direct correlation to boxing with it, but there seems to be a pretty strong one with when you see people like Freddie Roach and Muhammad Ali, yeah. who've you know deteriorated quite a bit, and you know mm-hmm. bo- both of them inst- internally are brilliant. Were brilliant people. Muhammad Ali, of course, passed away, but right. you could just see it in their body, and it just scares me, man scares me mm-hmm. you know? but i mean you know you're by Body, na- it's not good for you <laughs> it's not the best thing in the world for your body i mean it does get you in really good shape i think yeah it makes you get in really good shape there are some fighters that are out of shape yeah <clears throat> they can pull it off well so this leads me to you know a really good question then like Everybody kind of knows that fighting's not good for you, but why do you fight? <laughs> Other than you're good at it. it I, I know you're is, good at it. Is this what I'm supposed to say because I can't sing and dance or whatever? You can say whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can sing or dance or not. So. <laughs> no. Can, can sing or can I mean, I, I just do it because I fell in love with it, and it's what I'm good at. You know, I love I love fighting. Because it just, it it gives me something to do in my life, you know? Everybody needs, everybody needs, you know, to find their way in life. I just feel like, you know, this is, this has helped me out a lot, you know? I, I really felt lost before I started fighting and found this as my career. I, I can't see myself doing anything else, mm. you know? I mean, I know I can't do it forever, but, you know, for me, I feel like if I don't if i don't if i don't do this and if i quit you know i hang it up then i'm always gonna wonder what if you know and i don't i don't like to wonder what if i don't like those well if i had of you know and i don't want to be sitting you know at home talking to my grandchildren and talking back about the glory days you know and about how i could have done this and i could have done that whatever you know mm-hmm. like i want to do it yeah <laughs> get through yeah, you know, I started something and I want to finish it, you know. So that's just kind of how I am, I guess. You know, I don't, I don't like to quit things, and I just can't, I can't see myself quitting. Mm. So that's a huge lesson <laughs> for people outside of fighting as well. Not quitting things. Not not quitting things, and then having a sense of purpose when you wake up in the morning, like that thing that you know. I was talking about the difference between. Um, happiness and fulfillment on a, I did like a little podcast about it. And like, you know, we're really, we're really focused on happiness. Like we want to feel good. But Mm -hmm. if, if, you know, 
ask a fighter, like, when do you ever feel good? It's pretty rare, but fulfillment is like this positive feeling from having a sense of purpose about what you do, which means that even when things are hard, you still have something driving you, you know, when you're getting up and you're, you know, getting in all these training sessions, you're training late, you're eating and you're tired and all that. Like there's nothing happy about that, but you feel fulfilled because it's your purpose. It, it's what calls you. So I feel happy. I mean, it does make me happy when after like yesterday, I had a really hard training session. It was, and it sucked, but it was great too at the same time. Um, we had, we hit pads really hard. And then I went straight into wrestling and doing some positional grappling and doing some stuff off the wall. And then I went into pads again, but with takedowns. So they're taking me down in between rounds and having to fight the takedowns. And then went from pads to, went from that to uh, uh, hard, hard punching, you know, like 100%, like trying to hit as hard as you can, you know, for a couple of rounds. And then from that, I went to back work. And then from that, I went to like another session immediately right after that, which was like, more pads and some kind of sparring and stuff like that. So, I mean, I felt like dead after that, that entire session. It was like three and a half hours, just nonstop. And I felt, like you said, fulfilled and accomplished. Like I did something, you know, and I, I last night I tossed and turned. I mean, I was sore. I was hurting all night. I woke up at two o'clock in the morning thinking that it was time to wake up because my body was so sore. It woke me up. And then I just like <laughs> found some, some topical ointment to rub all over my body and then like I went back to sleep and uh when I, it was time to actually wake up I did not want to get out of bed today I was like I just want to lay here in the fetal position you know but at the same time I mean like it hurts but I'm like happy you know I, I accomplished something yesterday yeah. and today is you know gonna be another one of those yeah I got a train at eight o'clock tonight so that's gonna be it's another hard hard training session but you know I enjoy it. Yeah. After. Afterwards. Yeah. The sense of yeah. sense of accomplishment <laughs> when you look back on it, like, damn, I did all that. I did all that. I yeah. did all that. And I'm about to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> Man, most fighters get m more done in one day than some people give done in a lifetime. So I think it's, it's, it's very admirable to see someone at your level continuously push the envelope of what this thing is because MMA is changing so fast. And what we thought was impressive 10 years ago is now the norm. And I mean, even in, I mean, female mixed martial arts is growing faster than even MMA. The rest of the MMA is going and yeah. you're, you're right at the forefront of it. I know it's exciting. And I really hope that I can, what's the word? I mean, like I want to, I want to leave a mark. You know what I mean? I, I hope, I hope that I do. I don't want to, I don't want to be forgotten. You know, I want to actually like leave my stamp, you know, the way that I guess Ronda Rousey has. No one's going to forget her name. No, no one will. But there's, there's, there's women like yourself charging the way for the, for the, for the future, right? Like you're setting the new standard of what MMA. And I think, you know, of course, Ronda, huge, huge, but now there's a new generation like yourself who are true mixed martial artists. Like you came mm -hmm. in doing all of it and continuously grow. And I think that sets right. the new standard too, right? Of what, what, what's, what's possible. So. Yeah. It's changing. I mean, cause if you think back in the day when 
MMA first started, you know, it was like your style against my style. And now it's like everyone's figured it out, you know, and they all are just learning everything. In order to be a, a, in the UFC, you can't just be one dimensional. You have to know everything. Yes. Or you're, you know, and you have to, you need a wrestling background or at least you better start learning because, you know, most of the champions are wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have, they have a wrestling background, yeah, you know. They got a little bit. Yeah, that, that wrestling thing seems to be pretty important. It is pretty important, pretty you know. Important. But it's all important. It's all important, you know, to be well-rounded. Mm. So, well, that's one you thing. Can't, you, you can't just be a, a striker and, and never give any attention to you know, the ground, the jujitsu and stuff and the wrestling, you know, I know there's a lot of people that don't like to grapple and they're like, they just don't like it, but you'll never get that far. If you don't train it, you got to learn to love it. Yeah. You got you to gotta find a love for everything. Yeah, you do. Well, I'll tell you one of the most, and this is not me being biased, although I have the right to be biased because you've been a friend and student of mine for a long time. But mm -hmm. I love watching you fight because I never feel worried about you being in any position because I know you can fight everywhere. Like, I know you can fight off your back. I know you can fight on top. I know you can take people down. I know how you can fight takedowns. I know you can kick and punch. Like, and I know that you've got a gas tank and you've got heart. Mm -hmm. Like, you're the, you're the complete package of a fighter, which makes it extremely exciting to watch you do your thing. And I'm really excited for you. Well, thank you. I'm I'm excited too. I'm excited to get back in there. <clears throat> you're, I mean, you're right. And I, I don't ever feel, I don't ever feel scared to be in certain positions either. You know, I feel confident and comfortable everywhere, but that's how you need to train. I think that's how everyone should train. You know, you want to be comfortable in all those bad positions. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Easier, easier said than done when people are uh, put under pressure. I know a lot of people say that, but then, when they get in the cage, you can see where the holes are when they get put in those bad spots. And you see that look on their eyes of panic of like, oh, shit, I really didn't want to be here. It's, it's you have to relax in those moments. You have to. You have to. I, I remember being in really bad, plenty of bad positions, you know, and, and just wanting to panic. But then thinking, OK, just calm down and relax and then just kind of like wait for that moment to explode or um you just got to tell yourself, you can't ever doubt yourself in any moment of the fight. And I do remember in some situations where it's like, oh, I felt so tired. And, I, you know, this girl, she's so heavy on top of me. We're in the third round, you know, and it's like I'm pinned against the cage. I can't get up. And I'm like, oh, this is not a good position. I, I don't need to be here. You know, I'm like, ah, oh, I can't get up. I'm freaking so tired. But then it's like, oh, I can't think like that. You know, I got to get back up. Mm -hmm. Got to get back. You know, and then eventually... You know, you make myself make my way back to my feet, and there, that that time that I'm talking about right now was against Liz Tracy, and I remember hearing Ainsley in the crowd. She was like screaming my name, telling me to get up, and like in that moment, I was thinking of how heavy Liz Tracy felt on me. But then I heard Ainsley like screaming my name too. Oh, <laughs> get up! And so I was like, I can't. I can't lose like this. I can't, I can't let her. I didn't want her to win a single round. I had already won the other rounds, but in my head, they were really close. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I got to get back up. I got to get to my feet. I can't lose in front of my daughter. You know, mm -hmm. so like I climbed back to my feet and 
I don't know. I just, I guess I just muscled it. I don't know. I, like, I, was, <laughs> I was pinned there. I don't, I don't even remember how I got up, but I just freaking got up, you know? I mean, like, and that's the thing. It's like, you think you can't, but you, you can, you just have to make it happen. And those, in those moments when you're like in the, in the dark, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you gotta find your way out. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm telling you, nobody understands that more than a mom. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to mess with a mama bear, you know? <laughs> Nobody messes with a mama bear. <laughs> it's like, when they talk about moms lifting cars off of kids and stuff, I'm like, yeah, do your best to pin that up against the cage. I dare you. <laughs> no, that, that was a great moment for me because it was like she was in the crowd cheering me on and I could hear, like, that was really crowded. I don't even know how I heard her, but I could hear her. And I, you know, you just recognize the the voice of all the voices in the crowd. Like, I recognized hers. And she was way up there, too. She wasn't near the cage. She's oh, way, really? Yeah, she's way in the back, and I could hear her. She's like, get out, mommy! <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That gave me chills up my spine. That is so cool. Oh, the, depth, the depths of a human, human being, the things we can accomplish when something's important enough. Mm-hmm. Um, when is your fight? December 15th. December 15th. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be in Milwaukee? Yes, December, Milwaukee. It's going to be cold. Mm. Yes. I hate the cold. It's probably going to be snowing. It's probably going to be like blizzardy. Yeah. Never. I hope not. Yeah. Well, I'm guaranteed it'll be warm where you're going to be performing. <laughs> I hope. Well, at least by the time you get in the rain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let, let's all hope. Suck. Definitely going to need to warm up. Yeah, yeah. Get some time. I'm, I'm kind of a lazy warm up. Like I don't, I don't warm up as much as I should in the back. I probably will have to over this fight. Yeah. <laughs> you mean do you, when you say you don't warm up as much as you should, you feel that in your lungs, or you feel like more your body, or what? What do you mean by that? I just mean like you know, some people freaking they spend spend like thirty minutes or. 40 minutes or sometimes the whole time, you know, they're back moving around and stuff. I like to sleep and relax and chill. And I like to wait until like the last, like a fight before fight or two before mine start warming up. Mm. And, and I don't like to go hard and go all out. I don't like to be drenched in sweat. I like to have a little bit of sweat, but you know, I just, I don't, I don't know. I guess I'm just lazy whenever. I don't want to say I'm lazy. I'm not lazy. Clearly But I mean, it's just kind of like how I've been. I'm trying to conserve. I feel like I need to conserve my energy for my fight. Yeah. You know? That's funny because that's how I was in the back. Like I have, I have people like want me to like blast. I'm like, nah, dude, I'm good. I'm saving the fight for the fight. Like just. Yeah. Chill out. I'm in shape. I either got it. I either have it or I don't at this point. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I understand wanting to get warm and stuff, but some people, you know, they just, they nonstop, you know. It's like they've already been in a fight before they get to <laughs> You know, and I don't, I don't want that. It's like, no, I got one of these tonight. They're paying me for one. They're not paying me for the one in the locker room. <laughs> but I'll probably need to be really warm because it's going to be cold, I think. Yeah. And who's your opponent for this one? Uh, Jessica Rose Clark. Australian? Yes. The the she's a she's got a kickboxing background. Mm-hmm. Top boxing background. I've seen her fight a couple of times. Yeah. Jess Jess. Yeah. Have you 
sure you have your own. Do you strategize for fights or you just go out there and just wherever the fight goes? No, we do strategize. I strategize. We don't always go in with a game plan, but you know, I'm very, I like to say that I'm, I'm good at, I don't try to change the game plan, but I mean, you know, after being in there for a little bit, you know, what's going to work and what's not going to work. Sure. No. And I, I just keep saying like the whole, like using the Veronica Macedo one as an example, like just because it's my most recent fight. And like I said, I was wanting to go in there and strike with her. And then like, I just decided to, to clinch with her and grapple with her instead. So, I mean, sometimes, you know, you end up changing the game plan in the middle of the fight, you know, mm. I've had other fights where it's like, I'm going to knock this girl out. Like, and I just trying to, and you know, I'm giving them all I think that I have, but then, the later that the fight goes, you know, the less um, energy and the less power you're going to have to to get those knockouts. So then it's like, okay, well, now I'm going to convert to a submission because, you know, I'm just trying to get I want to finish somebody. I want to get a win. I don't want it to go to the judge's hand. So then I'll, like, change it and just decide to go for a submission if I can mm. <clears throat> or ground pound or whatever. <clears throat> so, like, I go in with game plans, but a lot of the times I – you know, I don't stick to it. It was a general patent. I think said like no plan survives first contact, (laughs) (laughs) you know, or the whole Mike Tyson, everybody's got a plan to get punched in the face. I was like, well, there goes that shit. (laughs) Yeah. You got to, because they have a game plan too. Sure. So it's going to mess up your game plan. So, I mean, it's not ever going to go exactly how you want it. I mean, you have to be able to like change it right there on the fly. Hmm. Yeah, well, you do that. You do that well. That's what got you to this point, right? You've had a lot of both in and out of the cages. You you've had things be planned and change, and then you had to change with them in order to continue to win. Mm-hmm. And then that's where you're. So you train in what a couple hours? Nine o'clock, eight o'clock, eight o'clock, eight o'clock. Yes, and it is four o eight now. So I have four hours. Yeah, four hours to to you can get you can get some rest and you ate perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I might, I might go to the tanning bed. Oh, nice! <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that's <laughs> so good for you. <laughs> I will not be doing that. <laughs> that's so good for you. It's not great for you, but okay. I mean, like it's, it makes me, you know, feel not so pasty. I need tan like you. Well, part of my tan is genetic, so I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I would pa- I would gladly pass on twenty percent of my genetics for like a tenth of your ability. So let's go with that. What are you talking about? You have so much ability. Oh. I, you know, and what we haven't talked about, like you know, you know, I am a, a crew under you. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Proudly on my end, I must say, I'm very, I'm very proud. I have not missed a fight of yours yet. Don't plan on ever meeting it. I get nervous every time I see, like, more excited. Like, I see other people I fought, like I know, like who who fight in the big big shows. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm excited. I have a different feeling when you step in there. It's like I'm watching family step in there. Yeah, you know, like I'm really that that whole. I don't know. I would like to get more work in with you whenever, whenever I get the opportunity. You know, haven't been able to haven't haven't worked with each other in a long time. But I would love to work some more Muay Thai again. Perfect. I am get there. Traditional stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, still, I, I remember all the drills and stuff. You know that we worked, but I would like to you know do some more. 
Well, we will make that happen. We'll make that happen sooner rather than later. Get you through this yeah. fight, and then we'll uh, we'll do we'll get some top boxing on the schedule for sure. I'll come I'll come your way, and would be honored. Absolutely no, honored. Because <laughs> I've been wanting to go to Thailand, you know, and like try to get get back to it. And I do want to go to Thailand just for the experience. But I mean, I, I would love to be able to get some more work in with you again. You okay. know, consider it done. Consider it done. We will make that happen. Yay. Yeah. Well, I will let you get some rest. I will. Um, is there anything? Um, how can people get better in touch with you? Instagram? Is that the best way to like find what you're doing? Or? I think Instagram is the best way. It's really the only thing that I've, I've been. I check those messages a lot. Um, Twitter, not so much. Ugh. I'm on Twitter. I mean, I do post, but I really just like I'll post something just to like keep my Twitter like relevant. Sure. Uh, Instagram. I'm always posting on Instagram. I do. I do have a Snapchat, but it's. I just, you know, I really. I don't know. I kind of keep it personal now. I guess. <laughs> it's probably a good call. It's probably a good call. I think so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really. So, Instagram and Facebook and twitter and that's it yeah instagram seems to be the for me the safest mode of 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 giving information because people can look at a picture they can like it they can give a comment but there's generally not the long stupid dialogues that you might occur and i can only imagine as a fighter everybody's got their own opinion on what you should or shouldn't be doing Mm -hmm. you know i mean and i do get that on some of my videos and stuff you know people are always like oh you need to you need to pivot more, you know, you need to do this, that, whatever, anyways. Oh, so funny. <laughs> the, couch, the, couch, the couch warriors. Yeah. Uh, I, but everybody you knows. know what? I'm not mean to any of them. I'm just like, well, thank you for that tip. Yes, you have always <laughs> been very kind. <laughs> You've always been very kind. I've watched how you've interacted with them. I was like, she is so... <laughs> Much better than I would be. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good thing that uh, I am not at that fame level because I'd probably be not famous anymore. <laughs> That's the thing is people do not understand. They think that like, uh, like celebrities just aren't allowed to stand up for themselves anymore. Like yeah. they, they just have to sit there and take the shit. I don't, I don't believe that. No. You know, I mean, yeah, I do watch what I say. Because I have to, but I don't agree with it. Because you got all these keyboard warriors, all these trolls on social media. They say what they want, and they don't get no backlash from it. But we're not allowed to say what we want, or we're going to get all the trolls in the world, you know, like hating on us. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think it's fair. I don't yeah. think it's fair. No. And I, and I don't like how things are. You can say something, and you don't mean it that way, but by God. The trolls are gonna make it out like you meant it some other way. Yeah, yeah. Because I, (laughs) oh my god! Like I remember that last. I I almost forgot about that whole troll incident with someone calling you racist or some shit. Like, I almost forgot about it because I thought it was laughable. I'm like, have you seen the people she hangs out with? (laughs) Like, like uh, she's got a pretty mixed group of people, but they can take one little thing that you write out of complete context and blow it up and run with it. Find yeah. It. And they're the ones that just sound so racist, you know, not all of them. I'm not saying all of them, but I meant like, okay. So I comment that my best friends, you know, who lived with me were Asian and black. Mm-hmm. And then they made that out. Like, oh, are you just such a racist thing to say? 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm not saying I'm racist. I'm, I'm trying to say that, like, I'm, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's hard to defend myself right now. <laughs> you just keep digging a hole with them because no matter what you say, they're like, oh, what did you mean by that? What did you mean? What did you mean? You know? It's so racist. And then, and then it's like, I have, I have a lot of, you know, friends, you know, that are black and it's not even like just, just blacks. I mean, like, you know, it's just all different types of ethnicity. How do you say that? Ethnicity. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Ethnicity. I have so many friends of like all different kinds of races and a race, you know, but Mm. like if I took a picture with like, I don't know, like Kendrick or like, uh, one of my black girlfriends, you know, they'd be like, oh, you're trying really hard. <laughs> like, no, I'm really just taking a picture with a friend, but okay. There happens to be black, <laughs> but all right. <laughs> you're really trying hard not to look racist. Yeah. <laughs> a, I mean. Heaven forbid you turn around and take a picture with all your white friends. It's like, oh, was this the Aryan race committee? Like, what's going on? Yeah. Like, we're all your black friends, you know? Yeah. <laughs> You can't win for losing on the internet. Like the the thing that has helped me in the last few years deal with it is I keep telling myself that the internet is not real. If I keep saying that it's not real, then it puts all that other shit in perspective because it really isn't. I mean, it's just, it's a filter, it's a filtered world where people can kind of, it's fake. Yes. That's even better. It's fake. Everything on there is fake. Everybody's lives are fake. I mean, like I don't, put my whole life out there on social media. I mean, yeah, that, you know, people, you know, I mean, like I'll put out there what I want to put out there. Sure. Yeah. But yeah. same thing, the, the news and stuff. I mean, there's it's just, you know, it's all fake, fake news, all of it's fake. Yeah. Fake drama. Yeah. Fake, just whatever. Everything is, everything's fabricated, you know, everything. I mean, even our, even. Specialized. What would you say? sensationalized sensationalized yes that's very very well put i mean it's like even even our positive of uh instagrams are like at the end of the day it's only a snap a snap of our whole lives like we all have bad days we have days we don't want to and i'm not going to post every horrible moment that i put up there but by definition of doing that it's like well but Grant's always happy. He's always positive. He's always inspired. I'm like, no, right. I'm not. It's just none of your business if I'm not. Right. <laughs> like you just want, want people to see the positive side. Yeah. You, know? yeah. you want to see the other negative shit, get to know me well. You'll see a lot. Right. You'll see it. <laughs> I'm, sure you're, I'm sure your friends know more about you. You know, like they, they see all sides of you, right? I mean, yeah. You know, they see. people outside looking in, they think that your life is just so perfect. Yes. It's just an illusion, you know. It's yes. not, no one's <laughs> life is perfect. No one's happy all the time. But, you know, you do you do have the the ability to control, you know, how unhappy you can be. I mean, even though I've had a whole lot of stuff that I'm going through, I still make myself be optimistic about things and like I'll put a smile on my face and try to be happy, you know. Sure. Try to and I think it makes me feel better. Yeah. You know, I mean, you don't got to live your life miserable, but I'm just saying like, not everybody's life's are perfect. No, no. I mean, if you really paid attention to, if we were really trying to post to Instagram or social media, everything that we went through, first of all, 
all of us are crazy human beings if you really looked at our minds. Like if you, on a, on a moment to moment basis, if I put every thought that came out of my head, you'd think I was a crazy person. Yeah, you're right. It just, you know, I think crazy shit all day. <laughs> and yeah. by definition, I have to filter some of it, you know, like I've got, <laughs> I've got to filter most of it as a matter of fact, <laughs> in order for me to, you know, you know, be able to work in society. So why, why is social media any different than that? It's just another filter on top of the filter. Oh, mm-hmm. it is. I'll let you get some rest, lady. I can see those eyes dropping. You need to, you need to sleep and get ready for your next uh, uh, thing. I'll probably get to sleep. Huh? Probably. I don't know. I probably won't get to go to sleep. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll talk for a couple of minutes when the show is over. But um, I want to thank you for making the time. It's been really cool catching up. You, did, you were on my podcast, what? three years ago, four years ago, maybe longer than that. My first podcast. Really? It's yeah. It's so long. It was a long time ago. It was, long. it was way too long. We may have, yeah. We'll have to make this a little bit more regular, even if it's just talking, even if the world doesn't see the edited conversation. <laughs> I agree. I agree. We'll do it again. We will. Yeah. yeah. After the victory dance. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, thanks everybody for chiming in. Remember, you are a fighter the day you decide to become one. And today might be that day. Stay focused, everyone. Take care. This has been another great episode of The Fight Focus. For show notes and links, visit us on the web at www.thefightfocus.libsyn, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. You can always check us out on Spotify and iTunes as well. Go to any of those pages, like, comment, subscribe, and share. Thank you for the support, everyone. Bye.